Well, we're excited this being the octave of Easter. I apologized to, to brother, uh, Deacon Jason yesterday because I didn't know he was going to be here. I found out last night, so it's a joy. I said, well, I would always have you do the homily, I said, but I already said that I wanted last uh, Wednesday that to talk about the graces and how to receive these graces for Divine Mercy Sunday. And, but when you hear that gospel, I, I did jot down a few notes because before we mentioned that, there's so much great things in this gospel. And um, I was going to say, you might get a little uh, longer homily because I was so excited to eat meat on Friday today. I had some meat and then I looked at the clock. I'm like, oh no, the hour fast. I forgot. So, uh, but no, it just, um, it just uh, a little levity there. But th this passage is, is powerful because earlier this week, we saw how two of the apostles, Peter and John, they entered the tomb. Remember the reading and scripture notes that John believed, but it said nothing about Peter's faith. Remember that? John is the one who believed, didn't say anything about Peter. Well, now we hear about Peter. When Peter hears that it is the Lord, he tucks his clothes in, he jumps into the sea. Peter now personifies faith. This time, Peter didn't hide, but rather rushed to Jesus. The goal is to have a love like John and a faith like Peter. Here we have it. You know, Jesus was guiding the fishermen to the shore. Um, now it says here that the, the passage was really, the church fathers tell us, to show that he's not just a spirit or a ghost, that he's real. Um, you know, he wouldn't be able to give directions. He wouldn't be able to build a charcoal fire. He wouldn't be able to cook a meal and eat it. This shows he's real flesh and real blood. It's a reality. So when Peter arrived on the shore, um, Scott Hahn writes about this. It's really powerful. He says, you know, this must have been very powerful. Why would this passage mention a charcoal fire? And Scott Hahn does a good job. He says it must have been really important to Peter because it probably reminded him of the sorrow that he had when he last warmed himself by a fire. What happened? He denied Jesus. So now Jesus is giving him the chance next to a charcoal fire, and we know what's coming up. Do you love me, Simon, son of Jonah? Yes, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. Then he says it a second time and a third time, giving Peter the opportunity to reverse the three denials. But I just wanted to touch on real quick the 153 fish. I always, I always found that a little interesting. Now, St. Augustine says this. Now, this is a little more confusing. How did... The Bible mentioned 153 fish. Okay, St. Augustine says that the number 10 is the number of the law, and that's why there's 10 commandments. And he said seven is the number of grace, the perfect number. And this is why there's seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. So Augustine says, now if you add seven plus 10, you get 17. And 153 is the sum of one plus two plus three plus four plus five, going all the way to 17. So I don't know if our Lord intended that kind of mathematics, but it's, it's what it's what St. Augustine said. Now, 153 stands for all those who by the law or grace have been moved to come to Jesus. Now, Jerome, I think, gives a much better answer. St. Jerome is simple. He says at the time 
there were a known 153 different kinds of fish, and that this catch represented a fish of every kind. And so the number symbolizes the fact that every nation, all peoples, will be gathered together by Christ. 153 known fish, species of fish, and they were all brought together. So anyway, this is powerful. And, um, you know, the, the, the net wasn't even torn, which shows that this is the church. This is a great catch gathered into one net. That net was not broken. It stands for the church. And there is room in the church for all people. You know, um, even if they all come in, it's, the net's big enough. Um, I did a talk on Eucharistic miracles a couple times, and I mentioned that the, all the blood type and all the Eucharistic miracles is AB, and that is the universal receiver, not donor, surprisingly. And I started reading this gospel and thinking, wow, that's powerful because if the blood type is universal, right here we could see the net receiving all nations, all peoples. Um, you know, if it's universal, we are to bring all people to Christ because he will receive them. And this is what we Marian fathers are trying to do, to bring all people to Christ. And so that passage is very powerful, but it's even part of something more powerful. And this is where I just want to say a few words. The grace that we are about to receive for Divine Mercy Sunday is, is un, it's unbelievable. Other than Father Seraphim used to teach, other than the, orig, your, your, the moment of your baptism, your soul will never be cleaner than it is on Divine Mercy Sunday, other than your original baptism. And the symbolism, we just talked about 153, the symbolism is deep. Jesus told St. Faustina, it's gotta be this feast on the eighth day. And everybody would ask, well, why the eighth day? Why not the seventh day? That's the perfect number. Well, real quick, and I'm going to go into much more detail. We will be live streaming um, Father Don Calloway at 10 a.m. tomorrow, and I'll be speaking at 11. Brother Mark will be live streaming our conference from the um, St. Faustina Center. So we hope you can join us in person, if not on live stream. But I'll go into much more detail then. So please join us. But in a, in a quick summary, Jesus told St. Faustina that on the eighth day, my floodgates of mercy are open. The floodgates of heaven pouring out mercy are open, especially on this day. Now, Father Seraphim used to always say Divine Mercy Sunday is greater than Easter. And I always used to get, eh, eh, I don't know, you want to go that far, Father Seraphim? And he'd go like, of course. And he, I think, is right. He pointed out St. Gregory of Nanzianzen. And this is so powerful. We're going to talk about all this tomorrow. And St. Augustine. And they talked about there were two perfections, even Thomas Aquinas. The first perfection is the very fact that something exists, okay? The very fact that you have being, that you are alive, that you, are, you exist, that's, that's the first perfection. 
But the greater and second and greater perfection is when you achieve what you were created for. Like I always hear you hear me say, a kitten, his telos, as the Greeks call it, is to become a cat. An acorn, his purpose, its telos, is to become an oak tree. And so Father Seraphim used to say, Easter Sunday and Divine Mercy Sunday, the reason the Lord put them together, first of all, they're all one day, an Easter octave, all eight days are celebrated as Easter. That's why we're eating meat today. Because every day, eight days, is a solemnity. It's all Easter. It's all one day. So I always used to say to Father Seraphim, well, you really can't separate them. So Father Seraphim would teach that it's actually greater, and here's why. On the first day of the octave, which was Easter Sunday, that's day one, Easter, day one, Easter Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Divine Mercy Sunday, the eighth day. But it was on the first day that Jesus opened the door to heaven. We have nothing without that. That is the basis of everything. On Easter Sunday, Jesus opened the door to heaven. Now the next seven days are symbolic of our pilgrimage on earth called life. And seven is the perfect number in regards to time. But eight to the Jews represented eternity. And so on the eighth day, we will enter into eternity. We will all die. And that's when Christ comes for us, his bride, he's the groom. But where I want to finish right here is why Father Seraphim said Divine Mercy Sunday was greater. And I finally just figured this out when I saw one of his old talks. And I'm like, why haven't I been saying this? So Father Seraphim says, look, God, Jesus opened the door to heaven on Easter Sunday. Then the next seven days we live our life. But on the eighth day, when we die, we walk through that open door. And the only way we can is if we are spotless. And that's why Jesus offers on this one day, not only the complete forgiveness of all sins, but all punishment due to sin, which you normally don't get in the confessional. When you go into the confessional, your sins are forgiven, but normally you may have some temporal punishment remaining unless you have perfect contrition. So normally coming out of the confessional, you're not completely free of temporal punishment. You're forgiven of sin. You're no longer facing hell. But you still got some temporal punishment. Jesus says, on this day, I wipe even that away. And the only other time that happens is at your original baptism. Now, it could with a plenary indulgence if you have perfect, no attachment to sin, but that's pretty hard. The whole point, first Day of the octave, Jesus opened the door to heaven, Easter. Next seven days, symbolic of our time on earth called life. Then on the eighth day, we die. We enter into eternity. Christ comes for us as his bride. Is he going to find us spotless so he could take us through that open door of heaven? Or are we not? He wants us spotless. So on this day, please do what Jesus asks. Get to confession. You still have three days today, tomorrow, and Sunday itself, if you haven't already been. Go to Holy Communion, which you could do on the vigil Saturday night or any Mass on Sunday. Tell Jesus, 
please give me this grace. You promised St. Faustina that the soul that's been to confession, I have. The soul that receives Holy Communion, I just did. Please, Lord, you promised St. Faustina the soul that does this. You will wipe clean every ounce of sin and punishment. As Father Seraphim says, your soul will never be cleaner than it is other than your original baptism. So guess what, everybody? Now you're ready to walk through that open door. That door Jesus opened on Easter Sunday is waiting for you. It's open. So how you live your life will determine if you walk through that door. And Jesus is saying at the very end, I'm giving you the last hope of salvation. That's why he called Divine Mercy Sunday mankind's last hope of salvation. And so that's to me why Seraphim said this. That's why it's greater. Again, I don't want to go that far. I keep saying it's the same day. You can't separate Easter from Divine Mercy Sunday. It's the same octave, the same day. But Gregory of Nanzienzen said it was. He said the eighth day is greater. St. Augustine said of an octave, the eighth day is the greatest. It's a culmination of the days of mercy. And God bless Father Seraphim. I think he was on to something. When Jesus opened that door on Easter, we determine on, in our life, our seven days on this earth, what will our eternal destiny be? And when we pass into eternity, he's offering us a chance to be cleansed of all sin and punishment so we can walk through that door. That nothing happens without the open door, but wow, when we walk through it. That is what he gives us as a promise on Divine Mercy Sunday. We're going to go into much more detail on this tomorrow. We hope you'll be with us. But if you can't be, this is enough. Go to confession, receive Holy Communion, and ask God for the most incredible grace that just may mean the difference in your salvation. Mankind's last hope of salvation. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. 
simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.